Thanks for joining us today. Our church exists to give everyone, everywhere, every reason to know Jesus. You can learn more by connecting with us on Facebook at Journey Fellowship Denton. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy today's message. Everybody in this room knows what it's like to be afraid. Anybody ever been afraid before? I'm sure you have. Everybody has. Some people are afraid of the dark. Some people are afraid of spiders. Anybody afraid of spiders? Anybody afraid of snakes? Spiders or snakes? Who's my spider people in the room? Who's my snake people in the room? You see, I can't figure that out. I'm afraid of spiders because you can stomp on those dudes, but snakes, they're harder to stomp on. Some people are afraid of heights, won't climb ladders, won't get on scaffolding, get shaky feet when they go up into an elevator. Some people are afraid of water. You can't swim, you don't like boats, you don't go on cruises because, you know what, that's way too much water. Some people are afraid of airplanes, they don't like to fly. Some people are afraid, afraid of, of tight spaces, they get claustrophobic. There's one thing that nobody in the world is afraid of, and that's the Dallas Cowboys offense. No one's afraid of the Cowboys offense. But there are people who are afraid of a lot of other things. There are things that we are afraid of that you can't see. We're afraid of failure. And sometimes because we're afraid of failure, we don't try. We don't even challenge ourselves to step out and to do something. Sometimes we're afraid not of failure, but we're afraid of rejection. And people in relationships, if they've ever been hurt before and they've ever felt that rejection, they don't want to feel that again and they become very afraid. And so what they do is they don't become vulnerable ever again. They just keep to themselves. I'm just going to live alone. I'm going to isolate myself. And people become afraid. And that is fear. I want you to understand that. It's fear. Some people are afraid of criticism. And therefore, they never stand up. They never take a stand. They never take a position. People get afraid of, of being criticized for what they believe. I believe that there are a lot of Christians in America today who are actually afraid of, have a fear of criticism because they won't stand up and say what they truly believe. We need people who aren't afraid. We need people who are not afraid. You see, there's two categories of fear this morning. And I want you to be aware of both of them. One is informed fear. Informed fear is actually good fear. It's good to be afraid sometimes because it's informed fear. It's, it's what keeps you from driving 100 miles an hour up and down I-35. Although some of you have not been informed yet that that is not a good thing. Informed fear keeps you from wearing roller skates on the roof of a skyscraper because you know you can go right straight off the edge. Informed fear keeps you from picking up a rattlesnake and putting it in your pocket because you know that there are bad things that can happen if that happens. You are informed. It's smart not to stick your hand on a burning stove. You've been informed by that. But there's another type of fear, and it's harmful. It's harmful to us. And it is called assumed fear. Assumed fear is paralyzing. It prevents you from trusting God. Assume fear prevents you from following the Lord because the only way to please God is through what? Faith. It requires faith. And faith is always challenged by fear because assumed fear is fear that is the most destructive of all human conditions and it is desperately destructive in the faith in, against your faith as a Christian believer. So this morning, I want to spend just a few moments talking about that 
and the way that fear challenges our faith. And I want you to, to just understand something as I, as I, before I read the scripture. The single most common negative command, which is a do not, found in all of scripture is this commandment that God gives us. Do not be afraid. It's found over 103 times throughout the scripture. Over and over, the Lord tells his people, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Over and over. And the question comes, why is that? Why is the Lord so concerned that we shouldn't be afraid that he frequently tells us not to fear? Well, it's pretty obvious. It's because fear can easily get down into your heart. Very quickly, fear can come upon you. And very easily, fear can become devastating upon your life, especially as a Christian believer. It challenges your faith. It sows doubt. It ruins your peace. It causes worry and anxiety. 2 Timothy chapter 1, Paul addresses this to young Timothy. He says this in verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. Underline that those three words. A spirit of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Now, I want you to read that with me today off the screen since we're all beyond the same version. So let's look at that and I want you to read this boldly. And I want you to let it sink down into your heart. Read it with me. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Let's read it one more time. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Why would this verse be in the Bible? This verse is in the Bible because God wanted to... To make sure that fear, that you recognize that fear does not come from him. Look at your neighbor and say, my fear does not come from God. Come on, tell him. (coughs) My fear does not come from God. If there is any fear in your life, if there is any trepidation, if there is any anxiety, if there is any worry in your life, it does not come from God. Now pause and just think about that. A lot of us get caught up in those things. Stress, worry, anxiety, fear. It is not coming from the Lord. He's not causing you to worry about tomorrow. He's not causing you to think concerning thoughts about your family or your future. That is not what God does. God and our relationship with him is built upon faith. And faith means we see those things that cannot be seen in Hebrews chapter 11. It's the substance of things that we hope for, not fear that we hope we don't have to encounter. That's what faith is. So the reason that the Lord was clear about fear is because he knew that, first of all, that fear is a trap. And I just want to talk to you this morning about that. He knew that fear was a trap that is almost always disguised with a rational thought. 
It's almost always a rational thought. Fear always needs a bait. It always needs a bait. It always needs a rational thought. It's what makes it reasonable to us. You see, everyone has a good reason to be afraid. We live in a world that's filled with all types of things that are spinning around us right now. Whether it's in our society, in our culture, in the economy, in our future, in our nation, it doesn't matter. There's a, there's a, there's a cloud of fear that has been settled over us and, our, and, and, and people for, for a couple of years now. But everyone has a good reason to be afraid. But if you look in the Old Testament, you'll see the same thing. Abraham had a good reason to be afraid. Why? Because God called him and he said, Abraham, I want you to go to a place that I, that, that I have made for you. And Abraham says, well, where is it? And he says, well, you just keep walking. Well, what's it going to look like? Well, just, it, 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 you'll just keep searching for that city. He says, well, I don't even know where I'm going. I, I don't know how my life's going to turn out. It's, gonna, it's an uncertainty. Uncertainty is bring, brings a lot of fear and, 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 and trepidation to our hearts. And what does the Lord tell Abraham? Do not be afraid. God spoke to Moses. And he says, Moses, I want you to leave the desert of Midian. And I want you to go back to Egypt. Because I'm going to use you to lead my people out of Egypt. Out of, out of slavery. And Moses says, I ain't going back. Why do you think that? Well, because the last time I was there, I killed a guy. And it usually doesn't benefit the guy, the criminal, if you return to the scene of the crime. So I'm going to stay right here. And all of a sudden, a burning bush lights up in front of Moses. And God speaks to him. He says, don't be afraid. I'm sending you. You look at David. David was anointed king by Solomon or by, by Samuel. Samuel anoints him king. He says, you're going to be the king. You're going to be the ruler. And it wasn't very much longer. A few, a few months later, David has a bounty on his head by crazy King Saul. He was out to kill him. And what does the Lord tell David, this, this soon-to-be king, the greatest king of Israel? He says, don't be afraid. Jeremiah, the prophet, was told that the that that the Lord was going to, to do things in his time that he would not even be able to believe and comprehend. He said, your people are going to go into captivity. Jeremiah says, oh, don't let this be the case. Why? Because I've already seen what Egypt has, has done to our people. I know what captivity looks like, even as the Babylonians come through the gates and climb the walls. And what does the Lord tell Jeremiah? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. We all have a reason to be afraid, but I want you to understand it's a trap. So ask yourself right now, what is it in my life that I am really afraid of? Oh, pastor, I'm not afraid of anything. My life's going pretty good. I'm doing well right now. Everything's fine. What is it that you're really afraid of? Are you afraid of your future? Are you afraid of something that might happen to your family? Are you afraid of COVID? Are you fearful of the economy? I mean, you have a reason to of both of those things. I mean, if you have looked around, I mean, people have died from COVID-19. Well, I'm older. You know, I've got a reason to be afraid. 
I mean, look at the economy. Look at the charts. We see it. It's in where the economy has has broken through into into recession territory. I'm I'm not sure if my business is going to do well. I, I I'm not sure if if I'm even going to be able to keep my job. I've seen some layoffs that are taking place. What is it that you're afraid of? Well, I know what the doctor said. Doctors are smart. Medical science is pretty proven. What is it you're afraid of? What are you afraid of? Where is the fear that that's coming from? And is, is there a good reason for it? Most certainly there is probably a good reason for your fear. Because no one is afraid who doesn't have a good reason to be afraid. But it's the things that dominate your thoughts. Even as you sit right here and you hear my words, the things that dominate your thoughts right now, that is the thing that you can put your finger on. That's what I fear. The thing that, that causes you to lose sleep at night, that may be the thing that you fear, that you're afraid of, that you won't even truly even admit to yourself or to anybody else. Here's what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid, even when you have reason to. Why? Because it's a trap. Fear is a trap. Years ago, when Shannon and I were young and married, we would go to the lake. We'd go to Lake Texoma, and we'd camp out up there with her mom and dad. And we'd have the trailer, and we'd be sitting out in lawn chairs out around a, a fire or something. And inevitably, her dad would always bring a bug zapper that was about this big. It, it, that thing weighed like 100 pounds. It was huge. And he would set that up, not not like behind the trailer. He would set it up right in front of the trailer in the biggest tree that was just right there. And he'd hang it down there wherever. And what we would do is we'd sit in those lawn chairs. And that was, you know, for, for Oklahomans, that's cheap entertainment. You just sit there and you just watch the bugs fly around. Oh, that's a big one, ain't it? That's a good one right there. Sit around and watch the bugs zap it. Just one after another. You know, if I was a bug, after a while, I think I'd probably get a little smarter. You know, I'd probably look at some of my bug friends and I would say, you know, all my buddies went to go check out the light. And the light's beautiful. We all like to fly around lights. But they never come back. Where are they? I don't think I'm going to go close to that bug zapper, that light anymore. Somewhere a bug needs to get smart and realize it's a trap. Fear is exactly that way. It's a trap. It's a trap. And you say, well, pastor, so what do we need to do? Well, here's a principle that you can follow. If you'll feed your faith as much as you feed your fear, you will overcome it. Don't be a part of the fear network and text and email and repost every fearful, scary thing that exists out in the world. Instead, share the word of God with somebody that, that has do not fear behind it. Share Psalm 27, 1 that says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom the Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? That's a great, that's a great encouragement. 
Share the third verse of that chapter that says, Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. Don't be a part of the, of the fear system or the fear organization or the fear social media uh, empire. Be a part of the do not fear Jesus empire that says we do not have to be afraid. Don't be intimidated by a spirit of fear. I mean, just think about the 23rd Psalm. That even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will what? Fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He prepares a table before me. In the presence, not in the presence of my friends and when life is good and when everything is well. But he prepares a table, a banquet for me in the presence of my enemies. When life is coming at me one after another, one dart after another, one attack after another, one, one uh, word after another. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies and he anoints my head with oil. The Holy Spirit will cover me and be with me. And he's saying, do not be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. Whatever it is, friend, you don't have to be afraid. It's a trap. It was the Lord who put, do not fear, do not be afraid, 103 times in Scripture. It was Jesus that turned to his disciples and in red letters he says, do not be afraid. It was the Apostle Paul who looked at young Timothy, this young man who is going into ministry, and he says, Timothy, don't be struck by fear. Don't give in to a spirit of fear. It's a trap. Feed yourself on the words of God. Feed yourself on the promises of God. Don't feed into the fear. When fear begins to settle over you in the middle of the night, Oh, when fear clouds your mind during the day, all you need to do is take out the word of God and start opening it and letting your, your faith be fed by God's word. Let me tell you something. That will change your, your focus and your attitude immediately. It will. This week I had some things that were going on and really wrestling with them in my mind. And on Tuesday we were in prayer here in the auditorium. And I remember walking in and telling the Lord, Lord, I am so ready. I am so excited to get into your word this morning. I am so hungry to feed my faith today because, Lord, there's a lot of things that's taking place around my life, Lord. But I need you to feed me and feed my faith. Strengthen my heart, Lord. Inevitably, he said, don't fear. It's a trap. Fear is not just a trap, but fear is a treadmill. Fear is a treadmill, and once you get on it, it's hard to get off. I made the mistake <coughs> several years ago, Shannon and I did, of buying a treadmill and putting it in our house. I got up there and started running on it one day. Everybody wants to see how fast that thing will really go, right? Once you get going, John, it's hard to get off of it. On each side of our treadmill, we've got two little blue circles that sit on the side off the belt. And I guess those are targets for your feet when you're about to pass out 
and you don't want your face rubbed by a conveyor belt and the skin ripped from your nose, that's where you jump to. And it has to be both legs at the same time. You can't like do one or the other. It will spin you around and throw you off. I'm panting, thinking that my heart is about to come out of my chest as I'm trying to run. I didn't realize that there was a stagger. There was a setting on our on our uh, deal that it's like an increase. It's like a uh, it increases automatically. And I'm like, oh, this is okay. You know, and sweat's pouring down my face. I'm like, dear God, you better send the rapture now or I'm going to have to wait until you raise the dead because I'm about to die on this thing. I tried to, to jump and move both feet off at the same time and it didn't work. One foot got the blue and the other foot Halfway got the blue. And it kicked one leg upside. I went down on my back. It threw me halfway across the living room upstairs. I jumped up, looked around to see if the kids were anywhere. Anybody was looking. Thank God I was by myself. It's like a treadmill. You can't get off. I've tried to get on that thing and do this. I've tried on the treadmill and if you're sleepy you try to do it early in the morning and you think you know what i'm going to just get some rest while i'm walking and so you close your eyes anybody ever closed your eyes on a treadmill don't do it just don't it's not a good idea it's not like walking down the street those things they just keep going and you lose kind of you kind of get discombobulated close my eyes before you knew it i was hugging the front of that thing trying to get my feet back underneath me Fear is like a treadmill. Once you get on it, it just increases in intensity, and it's hard to get off. You start becoming nervous and anxious about something in your life, and you become fearful. It's hard to get away from that. You have to, you have to literally take, take an initiative, and you have to consciously think, I am not going to be afraid. You have to do that. Jesus talked about a global pandemic of fear in the last days. In Luke chapter 21, these are Jesus' words. He says, people will be fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world. Man, I have seen that actually recently. A panic of fear that just people are afraid of what's coming. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know about this and we know about this. We, we trust the Lord. We have to trust the Lord to know that His plan is going to be worked out. And if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, let me tell you something. You have nothing to be afraid of. But it seems like that the world just goes from one pandemic of fear to the next. We've got to be afraid of this disease and then that disease and this army and that army and this economic uh, marker and that economic statistic and this and that. There will always, friends, be something else to be afraid of. When you're young, it may be being afraid of the dark. When, when you're older, it may be being able to pay your mortgage. It doesn't matter. There's always going to be fear today, tomorrow, and until Jesus comes. There's a never-ending, incessant deluge of fear poured out by the world and by Satan tr- trying to discourage your faith and to take you out. So I pray for you. If you're trapped on that treadmill of fear, I pray that God would give you the strength 
to get off of that. And here's how you can do it. Understand this principle. Fear is a habit that you learn, not just a thought that you think. It's not about just thinking, man, I need to get off the treadmill. It's about stop going to the treadmill. You keep going back to the treadmill. You keep going back to get up. Fear is a habit that we learn. We teach ourselves to be afraid. We see it in somebody else and we think, oh my goodness, it's going to happen to me. We see it take place in another, in another business. Oh my goodness, it's going to happen to us. Fear is something that we learn. We teach ourselves. We accept it. We go back to the treadmill instead it is, it is a habit. It's not just a thought. And in our world, we become very psychologically conditioned to these things. We, we begin to respond to the stimuli in a, in a predictable response. And let me tell you something. There is fear that's propagated in our nation by some leaders in our nation that evokes a predictable response to a certain stimuli. Why? Because fear is, a, is, a, is the most is the greatest way of manipulation and control. If people can cause you to be fearful, they will control you. If you have a boss that threatens you every time you do something wrong to take your job, he can control you. He can control you when you go home and when you're off the clock. If you have a, if you have a relationship that is built on fear, let me tell you something. It is a manipulative relationship and it's built upon control. Control comes from fear. Why? Because once someone starts to fear, their response is always predictable. We know what they're going to do every time. They're going to fall in line. They're going to go back. They're going to do this. They're always going to respond. It's a treadmill. It's a habit that we have been taught. And not just ourselves, but by other people. Don't allow people to place fear upon your life. I don't care who it is. From the president all the way down to the county commissioner. It doesn't matter if it's a school teacher. Don't allow fear to invade your life. Stay off the treadmill of fear. And worry. And doubt. Fear shapes our behavior. It's a treadmill. It's a trap, but it's also, fear is something that, a trade that you can't afford. When I was younger, I used to collect baseball cards. I've still got all of my baseball cards. I collected when I was just a little kid. I've got some old, old, old cards. My prize card is I've got a 1954 Jackie Robinson. Anybody know who Jackie Robinson was? I've got a 54 Jackie Robinson card. It's my pride and joy. I've got, I've got some, some Mickey Mantles and some... Oh, I've got some great cards. And I told Shannon the other day, I said, you know, I need to sell these things. You get rid of them. She's like, are you sure? You make sense? I was like, well, what am I going to do with them? And I remember trading those cards, and I had a friend, his name was Tony, and Tony would always try to catch you. And I'd have one really good card. I remember a 1980, we had a, we had a Pete Rose, I had a Pete Rose card. Everybody was after Pete Rose back in those days, back before he started, yeah, hitting Windstar all the time. Pete Rose, some of you, you don't even know who he was. He was Mr. Baseball. Back in the 80s. He's Mr. Baseball. He's, a, he's awesome. Everybody wanted a Pete Rose card. Well, I, had, I ended up with a 1980 Pete Rose card. 
And my buddy Tony, he tried to trade me out of that Pete Rose card all the time. He's like, hey, man, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you 20 commons. Commons means they don't even have a name. Like, they're, they're, they're no names. In other words, they're losers. I'm going to give you 20 losers, and I will give you a Tom Seaver. And I'll give you, and I'm, I'm giving names that you guys don't even know who I'm talking about. I'm going to give you $20 if you'll give me your $40. That's really what he was doing. Now, who makes a trade like that? Who trades? Nobody. Tony does. Tony makes trades like that. And you're a sucker if you fall for that trap. Fear is a trade that you don't want to make. Fear is a trade that you cannot make. Look at, first, look at 2 Timothy, and I'm going to wrap up with this. 2 Timothy chapter 1. He says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, a spirit of fear, a spirit of worry, a spirit of anxiety, a spirit of trepidation, a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Here's what I want you to see in this. This is the truth that you need to catch. This is very important, especially for a spirit-filled church. Fear is, is not an emotion that you feel. Fear is a spirit that comes over you. Look at the words. Look at what Paul says. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Not a feeling of fear. Not an emotional response of fear. Not a feeling of, of anxiety. He has not given us a spirit of fear. It's the spirit of fear that wants to replace God in your life. It's the spirit of it's a spirit of worry and anxiety that will come upon you. And what do you have to do? You have to stand against it. And here's the great thing about this church and people of God, followers of Jesus. You're spiritually aware of it and you can stand against that. If it is a spirit of fear, the Lord has given us spiritual weapons to come against that spirit of fear. He has given us the helmet of salvation. The sword of the spirit, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the feet that are shod with the gospel of peace. He has given us the shield of faith to stand against the spirit that comes against you. Whenever the enemy tries to launch his attacks of anxiety and worry and fear and doubt and overwhelm you by the numbers, that's what the devil usually does. He overflows, overflows us with numbers. He tries to just overpower us. It's like, okay, I got this happen, and then this happened, and then this happened, and this happened. And some of you know what I'm talking about. The dishwasher went out on Monday. On Thursday, the dryer quit. My car broke down Sunday, couldn't make it to church. On Monday, I found out that we're only going to do short weeks at work. I mean, it's just one thing after another, isn't it? It's a, and, it, and it comes up that the enemy will try to overwhelm you with superior numbers. And it's just one thing after another. Let me tell you, friends, it's a spiritual thing that seeks to destroy the peace of God in your own heart. It's a trade that you cannot make. Don't trade. Don't, don't, don't trade that off. Say, hey, look, I'm going to just kind of buy into that so that I can just feel better. And I can kind of analyze this on my own. Don't make that trade because... 
don't, be, don't fall into the spirit of fear. Because look at the rest of that verse. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of what? Of power. Of power. Now listen. Whenever you get a bad report from a doctor, you leave room for the power of God to work. You have to leave room for the power of God to be able to be injected into that situation that you have found yourself fearful and anxious about. Let me tell you, God is powerful. His word is powerful. His hand is powerful. Let me tell you, God did not stop healing people. God did not stop providing for people. God has not resigned his position as almighty. He is still the God who who reigns on the throne of heaven. He is powerful. Leave room for the power of God. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with the hope of the power of the Holy Spirit. When the enemy tries to inundate you and overwhelm you by superior numbers, you just begin to overflow and to let the power of the Holy Spirit just begin to settle upon your life and you will defeat the spirit of fear in your life. Of love, of power, and of love. Whenever, th- whenever th- bad things happen, especially to believers, you know what we tend to do? One of our first reactions is this. Well, God, if you really loved me, you wouldn't have let this happen. How many times have we said that? How many times have we been guilty of saying something like that? Lord, we're trying to serve you. I'm doing my best. God, I thought you loved me. Oh, friends, he loves you. That's the spirit of fear talking to you. That's the spirit of worry and anxiety talking to you. He loves you. 1 John 4, 18 says, Such love has no fear. The love of God has no fear because perfect love expels all fear or casts out all fear. Look at what the NLT says. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced the perfect love of God. Love will settle upon your heart and it will tell you this. It'll be like what Jesus did with Peter. When he goes to restore Peter, what does he ask Peter? Peter, do you love me? And what's Peter's response? Oh, Lord, you know I love you. You know I do. Peter, can I ask you another question? Do you love me? Uh, Lord, you know I love you. I mean, you just asked me. I told you that I love you. Peter, real quick. Peter, do you love me? Three times. Jesus asked me, do you love me? Now, why would he have done that? Well, it's because inside Peter's heart, there was fear. What was the fear? He, know, he knew what he had done. He had, he had turned away from God. He, 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 had, he, had, he had cursed Christ in his own words. He denied Jesus at the most critical moment. And in his heart, he was wondering, you know what? I just, I'm not sure if the Lord really loves me. 
the way he's, I mean, I, I, I've let him down. I, I've, I've broken, I've broken promises. And, and now he's asking me, for, and I'm trying to express to him, but the, the battle inside, there was that spirit of fear that was trying to overwhelm him to say that God didn't really love you. And Jesus expressed it in the last one. He says, well, then feed my sheep. What he was saying, he's saying, I love you enough to restore you, to forgive you. And to put you back to where you were. Power, love, and self-control are wisdom, the wisdom of God. To act pragmatically and to live by faith. Do not be afraid. Do not fear. Pray, learn, live, sing, whatever it is that you do. Whenever the world tries to lay its hands of fear upon you, reject it. Whenever the worries and stresses and cares of life come against you about your job or your livelihood or your financial well-being, reject it. Listen to the words of the Lord. Do not fear. Whenever your relationships seem to be unraveling and coming out of control, do not fear. Do not let the spirit of fear intimidate you. You're more than conquerors in Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. If you were blessed by this ministry, we want to encourage you to share it. And if you don't have a church home, come join us any Sunday at 1030.